0: Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. I have been so excited to tell you that my course is finally ready. I will be launching soon, and I cannot wait for you guys to see this. The topic is coping for kids How to Help Your Child Manage Difficult Emotions Without the Meltdown. I know that so many of you are going to love and benefit from this. So if you want to get on my waiting list to find out more information as soon as it's available, go to the link in the show notes and put your name and email in and then you can be the first to know. Okay, so you know I love KiwiCo. You know that I love spending one-on-one time with my kids Every month I am just in awe about how affordable it is, how well it's put together, and how much my kids love it and are engaged by it. Everything is portioned out. There's the amount of supplies that you need so you don't have 7,000 googly eyes. You don't have to go to Michaels 16 times and I I really think I did the math on this latest box and to get the supplies for one of the activities I would have had to spend more than I spent on my whole month for the box. So, if you had any hesitation, this is your permission, order it now. Your kids will thank you. Your relationship with your kids will thank you. Go to the show notes and click on the link And then enter your email to get 30% off your first box. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. My name is Lindsay Adams and I'm a child therapist and mindful motherhood educator and I'm here with Roseanne Nelson. Hello Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Me too. We've been meaning to do this
1: forever. I know. It's how long have you been in the office now? March.
0: Yeah. Forever. For like six, seven months. Oh my gosh. It's forever. Okay, so I always think that people introduce themselves way better than I could ever introduce them, so tell them who you are, tell them a little about your business, and why you're here today. Okay, well thank you, Lindsay, for having
1: me. Um, my name is Roseanne Nelson. I am the owner of Wasatch Neurotherapy. Um, I help people that are struggling with mental health, behavioral issues, and um cognitive issues as well and so I have a practice in Bountiful and I work in an autism center consulting and I work in a drug and alcohol treatment center as well
0: consulting. Yeah and neurofeedback is amazing and I we'll love get into that and like what it does and how it helps in a little bit. Okay. But first how many kids do you have?
1: I have four beautiful children three boys and one girl
0: and tell their ages cuz you have like a wide range.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm basically raising kids for like 40 years and I always <laughs> joke about that. So, my oldest is going to be 18 on no in November and then my other my second to oldest is going to be 16 in December. And then my third son is 8 and then my daughter just turned 3. So, there's lots of age gap.
0: Yes. Every stage of parenting at once.
1: Yes. And it's hard, but I've learned to kind of just roll with
0: the punches. Yeah. Yeah. You've had an interesting ride in motherhood. (laughs) To say the least. You've learned a lot, I think. Oh, yeah. So tell me kind of about your addiction and about your journey to, like, becoming sober and how that applies to parenting.
1: Okay. So I had a lot of trauma early when I was in my early teens and it led me down the path of pills and so the doctors gave me basically whatever I wanted and I learned to take those instead of cope with emotions and feelings and so I struggled with addiction probably from the age of 16 to 32 years old and you know, it was... My addiction led me to trying different things, hanging out with bad people. Um, you know, it pulled me away from my two oldest boys. It pulled me away from my third son, which was horrible as well. Um, how deep do you want me to get? Should yeah. I tell him the um, yeah. dirt? Okay.
0: Yeah. The um, one part, and I'll tell you kay. when I just I was so shocked because I heard this. You were on another podcast, and I heard this, and I, and I knew you at the time, but I didn't know, like this little piece of information, and I was shocked because never in a million years, like after knowing you for a few months, would I have guessed.
1: (laughs) So here's the shocker, everybody. I actually got in trouble with charges from doctor shopping, and I got sent to prison. So the Utah State Prison became my home for 18 months.
0: And he's okay, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's our son just laughing.
1: That's my child. He's enjoying his life. Yes. He's, he's living his best life in office 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to prison and I did their drug program called Excel And I just wanted to turn my life around and change it. And so I went to prison. When I got out, I went to sober living and got a job 12 days after getting out of prison as a case manager at a place called Annie's House. So I started working in the recovery field, I mean, immediately, which was very challenging for somebody trying to get used to the outside world when you've been cooped up in kind
0: of a scary place for 18 months. Yeah, so how old were your kids? So your youngest was not around, but the older three. Older three. When you went into prison. That's
1: a good question. So I know that Mr. Gagers, he's my eight-year-old. So he was, oh, he was almost, or he was a little over a year and a half. Now I've got to do the math. And so I think Carson was about 12 years old and then connor was 10 years old but carson and connor they had a mother that was on and off like i thought i was protecting my children by not being around them and Mm -hmm. having them be with their dad i didn't realize how much that actually hurt them of course Mm -hmm. when you're trying you know when you're not around they need a mom and i didn't realize how much me thinking I was protecting them was actually
0: hurting them right and just to clarify for everyone listening her two older kids are from an Mm ex-husband and then her middle child is from a different man and then her younger child is from her partner now
1: and this sounds so ghetto but
0: yeah I've got three baby daddies (laughs) (laughs) no that's okay I just think it's important because like your older two were with your ex-husband at the time they were and Gage the middle one was with his dad yes
1: well his dad was really abusive and he had his own issues so he actually ended up in prison as well and he still struggles with all of his addiction which is challenging because we have to navigate that with my eight-year-old I think he's the one that struggled the most with dealing with the trauma from me and his father Mm -hmm. unfortunately Mm -hmm. so so you've been sober for how long now It has been over six and a half years. So, in February, it will be seven years.
0: That's so amazing. Isn't that crazy? That seems like forever. To go from someone that was in prison... Wasn't able to see her children as often as she liked. Wasn't able to mother her children. To like, owning a business, being as successful as you are in seven years is amazing. Thank you, like, man. That's so amazing.
1: It's crazy. And I have three out of four of my children living with me. I think my 15-year-old, who's almost 16, he would probably live with me, but he's really attached to his dad. But he comes over to our house all the time. I mean, he lives right down the street from us, so... Did you ever think, like, at your lowest point that you
0: would have, like, all of your kids living with you?
1: Oh, never. In a million years. I mean, I fought really hard for Gage because um, Gage's grandparents, not my parents, but on his other side, were trying to fight me for full custody while I was in prison. And luckily, I had my best friend who was writing these nonprofits and trying to have them help me. And thankfully, I was... Able to get a response. I can't call, I wish I could remember the name of the one, and I'll have to think about it. But um, they got me a nonprofit attorney and helped me just because I knew he would never be successful if he stayed with his other family, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think you're seeing that now. That now, yeah. yeah. For
0: sure. So you're at kind of an interesting phase in recovery where I know that, and I hope they're okay with me sharing this, your older two boys have been, well, all of your older kids are in therapy, right? Yeah.
1: All of them. Yeah. Harper, the three-year-old's the only one that's Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you are very involved in therapy, which Mm -hmm. I can imagine as a therapist, having done these sessions myself, involves hearing a lot of trauma that you have Caused, yes. Which cannot be easy. No. So it's like, um, kind of sitting through that now that you're this completely different person, but, um, like, you do a really good job of, like, holding space for your kids and acknowledging the trauma that they've been through and taking accountability. Yeah. Um,
1: it's been really challenging because, you know, when they talk about not having a mother figure and when they're talking to their therapist – It's hard to not step into that shame and that guilt, like, oh, I've ruined my children. And to definitely see the struggles that they've had because they haven't had a strong mother around when they were younger, um, that's hard. But I think I can only do my best with them now. And they always tell me how proud they are of me, and we just, you know, I don't know if I even answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Yeah, them being in therapy and hearing the struggles and the problems that I've caused them, um, it hurts, but I know I can't use that as like a source to go get high or just to disassociate because it's not possible now. I have too
0: many responsibilities, so. Mm-hmm. So how do you mother differently now versus when you're in active addiction
1: Um, I'm present. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think I became kind of a strict mom. And I know, like, my two oldest boys, they can't get away with anything. Like, I know that. (laughs) It's so bad. Like, I know when they're trying to lie to me. I know when they're, like, trying to just tell me they're going out and doing things they shouldn't be doing. And it's funny because nothing, they just can't get anything by me. And so, um. Yeah, I think how I mother my kids now is I'm probably more strict. Um, I wish I could hold more space for my older boys, but it's hard with teenagers because they don't, they just want to be with friends. Mm -hmm. And so at their ages, a sophomore and a senior, it's like even trying to get them to come home for dinner is a challenge. So, Do you appreciate motherhood more now? I appreciate motherhood so much more. Um, I was 21 when I had Carson, but I think the hardest thing was I just had him young and I was dealing with somebody else's addiction and kind of got drug back into, you know, I was sober for a period and got drug back into the addiction, but I wanted to be that perfect mom that, you know, I thought taking him to church and doing all of that was... Mm-hmm. being the perfect mm-hmm. in quotation marks mom but yeah so it's
0: I appreciate it so much more what tips or advice do you have for a mom who's newly sober and caused some damage with her chi- child or children in their relationships from addiction
1: um So the advice I would give a mother newly in recovery, um, when your children decide to talk to you about some of the things they went through with you while you were using, don't hold on to that shame and that guilt. Just listen and if you need to speak with a therapist, if you need to speak with a friend because you're struggling, um, definitely reach out to people. Um, make sure you're doing a lot of self-care and self-love. Um, I think that's a huge part of staying sober. So that's what I probably
0: offer. And I, th- I think you said this. I'm just gonna throw my therapist two cents in because I can't resist. I guess do um, it. Like having knowing what space is for you and what space is for your child. Right. Like so, when your child's talking to you, being able to show up as the supportive role in that. Mm-hmm and it not being about you and your feelings but then when you but then also after you leave the situation taking care of you and your feelings. Yes,
1: I think that's perfect. And just letting them know that you loved them then and you love them now, you just didn't know how to love
0: them in a way that was healthy at that time. I don't know. What do you think of that, Lynn? Yeah, I think reminding them always that you loved them and I think a lot of like education on what addiction is and that it's a disease and not using it as an excuse or a crutch but explaining that this you know sometimes this happens to people and that doesn't mean that I don't love you yes exactly because
1: we do we love these little babies we had them in our bellies we feel you know we felt them move and you know the crazy thing about that is when I I remember going when I would, Be away from my children, it was like you had to put up this wall and totally disassociate and just live your life. Like, Mm -hmm. it does that sound bad, like, like they you didn't have them because it was so hurtful and it hurts so bad to even be away from your kiddos, yeah, yeah. So, and I think
0: you just it's another layer of like covering up the feelings, right? Yes, with the addiction, exactly. And that's, I think, what a lot of moms do. Um, when they step away because either they're using or they're pro- protecting their kids by being away or they're in prison they are like there's just another layer of like I'm going to numb that feeling of pain being away from my child
1: oh yeah and definitely reach out to a therapist I think you need to make a life coach a therapist your best friend when you're new in recovery um, and I would definitely go to meetings like that was my biggest thing I was on the board of the South Davis Recovery Club. And that was huge, but it just was a lot of responsibility when I was, like, opening this, my Wasatch Neurotherapy. Um, So I stepped down, but I just love the meetings and meeting the community and talking to people that get you and understand you. um, That was huge for me. Yeah, that support,
0: network, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, yes. Okay, so now we're going to move to Neuro... Woohoo, the fun stuff. Okay, so what is neurofeedback? Explain. Okay,
1: so neurofeedback is basically training your brain to create new neural pathways and change your brainwaves to respond differently than, like, they should be. So oftentimes when you have life stressors, um, when you have trauma, when you have, if there's injuries, anything like that as you're growing... Um, you can have dysregulations in your brain and with neurofeedback we use some sensors put them on your head and you get to watch a show and the screen will go dim and the volume will go light when you're not in a certain brainwave state that we're training um, it is amazing for people with anxiety depression sleep issues trauma um, emotional regulation problems Definitely ADHD, autism, people's, people with traumatic brain injuries, um, dementia. I mean, there's so many things
0: that neurofeedback can be beneficial for. It's so cool, too. Like, the brain is so fascinating. And I've done it in your office and Sam's also done it and the interesting thing is is Sam picked up on it like and is able to get his brain in the right waves way faster than I was (laughs) because I think kids are so neuroplastic that they it just is like so much easier for them and me and my brain's like "Mm, I'm too old and slow for this
1: oh it's so hard like I have some kiddos that do absolutely fabulous at it and then I'll get 40 year olds and 50 year olds in and they're not to say anything I mean I'm almost 40 but like they get so frustrated and they're so stubborn and they're like it doesn't it's not working and their scores are low and I'm like our brains are just stubborn and you've created these strong negative neural pathways and so we're trying to make it a positive
0: one and those negative neural pathways are strong (laughs) yeah they really are and they're hard to untrain I don't know if that's the word but no that's
1: good That's a good word.
0: Um, So what is the process like when people get started with neurofeedback?
1: Okay, so what I normally do is do something called a QEEG on somebody. So basically, you wear a cap that has 19 EEG sensors on it. And you can use, I use a gel for that, but I'm purchasing a cap that doesn't use any gel or paste, which everybody loves, because I don't have to mess with your hair. but basically, you do a portion, a test with portion with your eyes open, a portion with your eyes closed, and then it will give me a report, and it will show me all the different dysregulations through your brain. It will look at how strong and weak your brain waves are in certain 19 locations. It will tell me how slow or fast your brain waves are moving, and then it will show me um, functional patterns that are like dysregulated. So if someone's angry, if they're an angry person, or don't have empathy, or struggle with empathy, or um, have high levels of cortisol due to stress. So it it will tell me certain things. It will also recommend certain supplements that will be beneficial for the clients. Um, And then I get certain protocols that will work for the clients. And I talk to everybody and kind of get a feel for what is going on with them. And we try... To work on what their most severe symptoms are. Um, so if the protocol tells me something different than what they're really wanting to get a hold of at first, then I might switch protocols and do something that i I think will benefit them more. Um, but then I have clients come to my office two to three times a week. They do a session. Everybody leaves most often relaxed. And I know I do. I've been doing neuro the past three nights at nighttime, and it has been huge for my sleep. It's been helping my anxiety. It's been a godsend, and I'm just blessed that
0: I have access to the machines. So It really is so helpful. How long does like a session take when you come in two to three times?
1: Um, so normally it takes about a half hour to 45 minutes. So I would say 45 minutes at the most, because it takes a second to get the sensors on your head, Um, So I would say a half hour to 45 minutes. And, you know, the thing is, is I start dropping back sessions. But I think when your brain is learning something new, it's really important for you to try to train it pretty heavily. And then you can back off a little bit at a time. Um, And it's kind of, you know, a lot of times when people talk about neuroplasticity, I always talk about like, when people sing the song like Mary had a little lamb like in your head you're gonna think little lamb and Mm -hmm. keep singing the song and that's neuroplasticity working right at its best but i totally got off subject i don't even remember what the question No, you're okay (laughs) um
0: and how many sessions do people have to attend usually
1: so that's the challenging part so the brain is i mean if you're younger you could probably get away with doing about 20 sessions and having some good changes um however I recently read a book, like if you have some severe trauma in your life, I mean, it can take up to 76 sessions before your brain can feel completely healed. Um, In my book that I was reading, this girl was diagnosed with severe Asperger's and had a lot of young trauma. And um, the author of the book was like, you can't even, I never would have thought Asperger's was even a diagnosis because... Once you meet her, she's so bubbly, and she was just a different person after neurofeedback. So that was really, really cool to read. Um, So I would say anywhere between 20 and 60 sessions, but you'll feel better. Um, I have some people that feel better after, like, three or four sessions. Some people feel automatically better. But I would say after 14 sessions is when it starts making some permanent changes. That's so awesome. It is
0: really the coolest thing ever.
1: Yeah, I love it. I have to look at my
0: questions. That's fine. Oh, how can we find Well, first, you have to show your mom fell.
1: Oh, my mom fell. Let's think of oh, it. I have, have so many the <laughs> to joke about that. Um, mom fell. Oh, my gosh. Lindsay, I haven't even. I have so many mom fells, and you were joking during a break
0: about going to prison. Prison Could was her been. biggest mom. Fell. Yes, <laughs> if you know me, you know I have a very mean sense of humor. But. No,
1: I, it's true. That's a mom fell. Yeah. Um, I would think my most recent mom fells. Oh, I have them every single day. That, <laughs> there's a lot of them. I'm trying to
0: think is there something funny with like Harper Gate? I'm trying to
1: think I did something like a week ago with harbor engage and I was like oh my gosh I can't believe I just did that but I can't even now remember
0: so but you need our feedback for your memory I
1: am in fact I have protocols that I'm working on right now because when I did my QEEG it said that my short term and my long term memory was shot and I'm like yeah this is a perfect example people of why Neural feedback is amazing because yeah. it will
0: help with memory. I need to do a QEEG. I want to see what's wrong with my brain.
1: You're going to die. Like, when I did mine, um, I did one, redid one, like, three weeks ago, and I had Connor, my 15-year-old, help me, <laughs> and I put him to work. I'm going to train these boys. Um, they, like, everything on it was exactly right. It talked about how I was totally out of energy and all the supplements that I was needing, and I was like, this is exactly me. But I can't think of a mom fell,
0: Lindsay. Well, I mean, we could leave it at going to prison. <laughs> Let's leave it at going to prison. Let's or leave it. it. I'm trying to think. I feel like there
1: was something I did just recently, and I told you about yeah. it, I think. I don't know. Um, well, I've forgotten to pick Gage up from school. Oh, I think yeah. that's like a big mom fell, and then I like, oh
0: my gosh. That's a common one, too. I think a lot of people People do that?
1: Do oh, that. Yeah. oh, yeah. Um, I do that I've done that twice already, and it's like the new school year, (laughs) so the office lady is not that happy with me. She's not your biggest fan. Yes, and then I had our nanny go and pick Gage up, and I forgot it was early out, so I didn't let her know, because she wasn't used to getting Gage on Fridays, and
0: the office lady totally lectured
1: our nanny about it, and I was like, she got
0: the heat from the other (laughs) two times I (laughs) freak Okay, I think that's, so where can people find you?
1: Okay, so you can find Wasatch Neurotherapy, you can Google it, Um, you can find me at www.wasatchneurotherapy.com.
0: You can message me and I'll give you her email. Yeah,
1: Lindsay, um, you can message me at, I think my NeuroEnhance email might be working again. I just tried
0: it. Oh, cool. So you can, you can, yeah, just message Lindsay. She'll get you. I'll get it. So thanks so much for coming on. We'll have to have you on again. Thank
1: you. It was fun, Lindsay. Kay. Thank you, everybody.
0: If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at linds underscore Adams LCSW. Once again at Linz L I N D S underscore Adams L C S W